It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. <laughs> it's so stupid and silly. Um, so, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll tell you about it in a minute. So um, this is uh, session one of a program called Happily Ever After. And uh, session one is um, with uh, my man, Akeem. He's going to be able to listen to this as long, for the rest of his life. If you want. He won't need to listen to it that long, but... You might you might need to listen to this while you're going through the dating process. So you'll see what I mean. So right. um, so it is a Friday. It is seven thirty-four, uh, Friday, July twenty-first. Uh, this is session one of six sessions of Happily Ever After. Happily Ever After is a program that's designed to teach people and show them how to get into the relationship of their dreams with the partner of their dreams. So all they're doing is their favorite things with their favorite person in their favorite places for the rest of their lives. And in addition, this program is intended to make life, to make relationships as simple as driving. Anybody that's been driving for more than a couple of months, they find driving and they could do it with their, can't do it with their eyes closed, but they can do it with their brain shut off. It's so automatic. And because you, there's nothing... Anything that can happen, you already know how to handle anything that can happen when it comes to driving, and this program is designed to teach you how to do that. In addition, this program is designed to, 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 to take care of uh, the third of the three um, fundamental developmental stages that humans go through. So I didn't tell you this before, or maybe I did, but humans go through three developmental stages when it comes to being effective in relationships, sort of like, you know, toddler teenager, adult, it's like that, right? So the first developmental stage that we have to evolve beyond in relationships is um, learning how to get somebody. Okay. That's the first one. We try to figure that out from junior high, high school, college. And then most people, um, if they don't marry their high school or college sweetheart, they go through – the second stage, because at first they're like, okay, I know how to get somebody. No problem. Yeah. And then, but they know how to keep somebody. So they wonder how can the relationships go away if people are around for like two, three months and then they disappear. So then the next challenge, the next evolutionary developmental stage is how to keep somebody, keep a relationship going. Okay. And then um, uh, what happens is if you've been around, if you've been in a relationship, one or two relationships for at least a year, a year and change, you know how to keep somebody. You just yeah. don't know. You don't know the third thing. The third thing is knowing how to choose the right somebody. Okay. So what happens is in those high school sweethearts that get married and they stay married for forty years, fifty years, yeah. sixty years, they chose to write somebody. So the rest of it was it was a piece of cake. Matter of fact, if they've been married for more than twenty years, even if one of them died. 
they'd be sad, but they'd be able to get married and choose to write somebody again because they know they yeah. can get somebody, they know they can keep somebody, and they know they can choose to write somebody, and they're not going to settle for less. So we don't have to go through those three stages, but we do. <laughs> and the reason why we do it is because we don't get it right the first time, and then we got to go through the whole thing, and then we lose our minds when we don't know. So I'm saying all that is to say that happily ever after is teaching you how to choose to write somebody. Okay. And I know we're going to do the anatomy of dating, which is a dating one, after this. That's eight sessions. That's how yeah. to get somebody. Make sense? Wait, what's this one again then? The second program, the eight-week program. No, no, sorry. The, um, the, yeah, the anatomy of dating. Yeah, no, sorry. So this one is to how to? How to get the right, how to choose the right somebody. Okay, and the other one is how to get someone, right? Exactly. All right. So, and then you have I'm a different one that says how to keep someone? I do, but you, you're probably not going to need that by the time you finish with me, bro. Okay, cool. As a, as, right. as a, matter, of fact, a matter of fact, a lot of this is going to teach you how to keep them as well as how to get them. Yeah. So you're good with that. Okay. And if not, you know, if, if if you still didn't get it, I'm gonna be scratching my head, but I'll come up with something. I got I got plenty. <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah, all right. So mm-hmm. uh happily ever after is six sessions. I'm gonna tell you what the six sessions are right up front so you, you're aware of it. You won't know what to do with it, but at least you know what's coming from one week to the next, okay? Yeah. So happily ever after is about the five main problem areas that happen in the relationships. There's only five main problem areas. And this is after, um, you know, this is after me being a player for 25 years. This is after being, this is after me being on an M, a men's team for seven years and a men's organization, MDI, seven years. This is after me being in sales and watching customers come in as couples and how they interact. This is from my own marriage, my two marriages, like, all of that, I found out that it's really only five main problem areas. And so we're going to cover each session is going to be one of those five problem areas. And then the sixth session is going to be once you understand how to solve those problem areas, yeah. this is all that's enough to do. And as a matter of fact, if I knew how to help you solve those problem areas already, I could tell you how to make a relationship simple in, in, in 15 minutes or less. Yeah. But you don't know how to recognize and manage the problems that's going to pop up. So I got to give you those first so that once you actually see how simple relationships are, then you'll be like, oh, then you'll get it, how simple it is. But it's like you got to spend nine hours to understand the last 15 minutes or really the only 15 minutes that matter. So I'm just telling you that right now, okay? Okay. The last session is the shortest because how I have this is uh, each session, I talk about the problem, then I talk about the solution. I talk yeah. about the problem, then I talk about the solution. First half of the session is the problem. Second half of the, sol- problem, uh, the, the session is the solution. Session six, there's no problem to deal with. It's just a solution. Okay. All right? Yeah. So now let me, tell you what, let me tell you what the five biggest problem areas are. So the, in order. Like the biggest, the second biggest, the third biggest in order is, number one, not knowing who you are. 
Okay. People people don't even know that they don't know who they are. They're shocked when I help them see how much they don't know who they are. Um, so that's number one, and we're going to cover that today because that's the biggest thing. you got to handle that first. Number mm-hmm. two, number two is not understanding gender differences. There's a difference between the way men and women look at the world, think, talk, act, all of that. So I show you how to deal with that. Session three is about emotions, specifically not managing emotions. See, people don't know how to manage emotions, but what's worse is they don't even know that they should. Make sense? Yeah. <laughs> people get all emotional, but they think that they don't realize the impact their emotions are having on the relationship. So we talk about that problem number third, number three. Number four, okay. number four is about breakdowns. Structural breakdowns, meaning, you know, house, car, whatever, or any other kind of breakdowns. Because those, as a matter of fact, that's the most complicated of all of them, even though it's not the biggest problem. It's the most complicated problem, but not the biggest. And then number five is miscommunication, not communicating effectively. And so in that order, we're going to talk about each session. You'll see I'll be able to build upon them. So is that clear? Yeah. Good. If you have any questions, just while we do this recording, you can listen to it again and get it. But you'll get it. It's fine. So... um. Any questions before I get started? Um, not yet. So yeah, you can go ahead. Right. No problem. Okay. So we're gonna talk about um, not knowing who you are is the biggest problem and why. So the reason not knowing who you are is the biggest problem in relationships. The reason is because no one thinks, believes, has a clue, or could even give themselves permission to imagine that they don't know who they are. Very few people will actually admit, I don't really know who who I am or what my life is about. Very few people, but most people don't. You know, people think that they just don't know this thing or that thing or they made a mistake or they're learning, but they know other things. Or how could you say I don't know myself or anything other than I don't know who I am? It's just Uh something people just don't, aren't present to. We all know the complete history of our life. We know what we know, we know what we don't know, but we don't know what we don't know. For example, yeah. for example, a dog will run outside and eat whatever smells like food, not knowing it ate poison. It's happy because it ate food and no one stopped it. But two days later, it's so sick it's on its deathbed with no clue that it ate poison. That's what happens with us when, we try to, when, when a woman tries to turn a player into a partner. Or, uh-huh. or, or a, a guy tries to turn, you know, uh, his, his, his new date who turns into a complainer or a bully or someone who can't take care of themselves or doesn't or whatever doesn't and won't ever work for you. You won't know it until you got into it and it's too late. Yeah. You'll be standing around and be like, well, that seemed like a good idea at the time. <laughs> right? <laughs> so why don't people choose partners? Or try to make someone their partner when that person isn't close to a match for who they are and that person isn't close close to a match for what will work for them because they don't know who they are. (laughs) This means they don't know how their decisions will affect them now or in the future because they don't know how their decisions, how the decisions they made will make them feel because they don't know themselves enough to know the difference. Again, Seems like a seems like a good idea at the time. 
So, um, so that's the reason. Here's the impact. And I'm going to read, then I'm going to talk. I'm going to read, I'm going to talk, I'm going to read, I'm going to talk. I ask questions. You feel free to interrupt me at any time, all right? All right. Cool. Was that clear so far? Yeah. Yeah, good. All right, the impact of not knowing who you are. When we don't know who we are, we can't see who other people are. And we don't really know what we like. Yeah. We end up guessing. Yeah. We end up guessing and then become surprised that what we thought we wanted is something we really don't want. Not knowing who you really are causes relationship, communication, and self-fulfillment problems because you won't know yourself well enough to say what's true for you, not because you're lying. It's because you don't know yourself well enough to choose what works for you which will have you make choices that make you unhappy, but you won't know it until you get what you ask for. If you don't know who you are, how could you know anyone else? How would you know if Mr. or Mrs. Wright was standing next to you at a Starbucks, behind you at a Christmas party, or in front of you at the gym? Would you be ready even if you somehow got them as a partner, could you handle the abundance of love that would come your way? Ultimately, if you don't know who you are, there's not enough coaching, advice, or therapy that will make a difference in the happiness and effectiveness of any relationship you can be in. You'll sound like, or their advice will sound like, explaining air conditioning to a caveman or airplane or airplane to Julius Caesar. What are you talking about? That makes no sense. Do you know um, the story about um, germs, how germs were discovered? Um, no. So I don't remember the name of the guy that discovered this, but it was a German doctor who just realized that there was, that there was this thing called germs. He called them germs. Mm-hmm. And, but they were microscopic. And so people laughed at him and ignored him because they thought he was full of shit. And so he ended up dying. When he passed away, he was in a mental institution because they thought he was crazy. They didn't realize that he really, he was right until after he died. Because they didn't know medicine or they didn't know themselves well enough to be able to see what he was saying might make sense and they didn't give it a try. Yeah. This was at the uh, end of the nineteenth, uh, end of the eighteenth century, uh, the nineteenth century, the eighteen hundreds, in the eighteen hundreds in yeah. Europe. Yeah, and then after he died, that's when they found out. Totally crazy, bro. Um, so if you don't know who you are, your past will dominate you, unless your emotional triggers dominate you, or your scarcity mindset, or your beliefs, or your ego, or your lack of effort, or the quality of your character, or your entitlement issues, or your strong suits, or your quote-unquote intelligence, or money issues, or blind spots, or anything other than who you really are, and you won't know why things aren't working. So, any questions about that? Um, no, not yet. Okay, cool. What are you hearing in this? What are you getting out of this? 
I guess like the um, important importance of um knowing who you are. Okay. So um I am reading for what I created and then I'm yeah. you know checking in, right? So there's three parts to this. So the first is the reason why not knowing who you are is the biggest problem. The second is the impact of not knowing. Now I'm actually going to tell you what the actual problem is. So everyone thinks they know who they are, and at the same time no one will ever know who they are completely because we're constantly growing and evolving. No one, mm-hmm. no one is the same, age, same at age 20 as they are at age 70. It's not possible. The reason we all think we know who we are is because we remember everything we've been through. You remember the growth we've experienced, and we're much more adult now than we were 10 years ago. Because of this, we think we know who we are. However, how many people know their purpose in life? How many people know they're living true to their values 100% of the time? How many people know how to stay true to their values 100% of the time? How many people are willing to be 100% responsible for the things that happen in their life, for the choices they make in relationships, for the actions they take in life in general? They don't have the answers to that. I ask, I, listen, unless somebody's actually went and did classes around that or they had mm-hmm. an epiphany uh, that, that gave it to them, people just don't have this, man. So here are the, some of the clues that you know who you are. It's a 10-point checklist. Ready? Yeah. You don't have to write this. You can write it down. You don't have to. I'm going to give everything I'm, I'm reading to you, I'm sending to you, okay? Oh, okay. In the email. You get it. All right. You get the recording and you get an email with the content in it. You ready? Yeah. Yeah, I forgot to say that. Okay, great. Oh, well, I said it before. I forgot to say it today. So number one, here's how you know. These are some of the clues that you know who you are. Number one, you are happy with who you are fundamentally. That's not to say that, you know, once in a while you be mad at yourself, but when you look in the mirror and you know who you are, you like happy with who you are. It's good. Yeah. Number two, number two. You change your mind very little. You don't change your mind a lot. Like you may have new ideas, but you don't change your decisions very little, very often. Yeah, but like when we say that, um, like what type of decision? Um, any decision from where you want to go to what you want to eat to any of that stuff. Okay. Matter of fact, most people don't change their decisions around eating because after a while they kind of know what they like. Yeah. But that doesn't mean they know who they are. So if you're trying to decide should you stay at a job or not, or should you stay with this girl or not, or, you know, like like life-impacting decisions, yeah, most people, they make, they make mistakes because they don't know if what they're thinking is going to work. And so, like, over, overanalyzing, overthinking is, a, is, a, is an expression of this. People who know what they are don't overanalyze. There's no need. Yeah. So, you know, oh, I want to do that. Oh, no, never mind. I don't want to do that. You know, like you make a decision to do something too much for now, mm-hmm. you might change your mind five, seven times. Or worse, you don't change your mind, you do it, and then you manage yourself for how it turned out later because you didn't know, oh, I didn't know that part. Yeah. You know what I mean? But if you know yourself, you can see what's going on with other people and other things. Um, so changing your mind, very little. It's not like you're not capable of changing your mind. 
You change your mind because you're being intentional about changing your mind, not because you're wondering, should I change my mind or not? Mm. Does that make sense? Okay, yeah. Yeah, change your mind because, oh, you know what? I realized there's something new come up. I've got to do something different, right? That's different from, I don't know, should I, shouldn't I, should I, shouldn't I? So changing your mind, very little. All right. And, you know, changing your mind consciously as opposed to out of fear or, or some other stuff. So that's the second thing. The third thing, you make very few mistakes with the choices you make about yourself in your life. You don't say yourself saying, gee, it seemed like a good idea at the time very often. Yeah. That's a rarity. You even know why you're making your choices, which is what makes you grounded in that. Number four, you can see through people fairly often. Not all the time, but you can see through people. The reason why you can see through people is because you can see the part of you that's in them. Does that make sense? Oh, okay, yeah. So, like, we are in a circle, and you hear me, you know, talking, and I'm getting on, I'm on the hot seat, and then yeah. everybody's getting to see themselves in me, right? Yeah. When you're, when you know who you are, you can see you in others besides just that that particular environment. A lot of people, okay. a yeah. lot of the time. And when you know yourself, you'll be able to see yourself in your woman. You'll be able to see right through her after a while. Anyhow, that's number, that's number four. Number five, you, you don't stay around people who don't know who they are. Be, you know, let me tell okay. you something. I'll mm-hmm. tell you something uh, right here. Is that people who know who they are, they can't handle being around people who don't know who they are because people who don't know who they are depend on other people to make them happy or to do stuff for them. It's burdensome for somebody who knows who they are to be with somebody who does not know who they are. Mm. Because that person's like, they don't know if their decision is going to make them happy, and so they're hoping that their partner makes them happy, not knowing or realizing that they're responsible for their own happiness. All right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay, great. So now... um. What the other part about it is that people, when they get into relationships, people who know who they are, they not only can't handle being around people who don't know who they are, especially in a relationship, but they can only be with somebody who knows who they are. And so what ends up happening is you have couples who know who they are, both their partners, partners, and then you have all, everybody else who don't know who they are. And that's the time you got such a massive, uh, what do you call it, massive um, divorce rate, Breakup rate, cheating on all of that stuff. Because yeah. those folks know who they are. That's like how they're doing stuff and they feel different later. Because they're walking around with some version of, it seemed like a good idea at the time. <laughs> Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, number six, when you know who you are, you can tell who's in, who is mature and who is immature. You can see maturity in people. And you can't stay around immature people unless you're contributing to them, helping them make a difference. Like okay. you can't have them, when you know who you are, you can't handle being around immature people in your inner circle. 
you, you, you just wouldn't be able to do it. It'd be like driving you crazy because they'd be putting up too much work. You'd be too busy managing them instead of getting things done. Yeah. You know what I mean? So um, it's a lot like the child-parent relationship. The child is needs your help because they don't know who they are, and they need mm-hmm. you to help them get through life. It's a lot like that at the adult level. When you're with somebody who don't know who they are, you have to burden yourself to take care of them. And it's okay if you want to take care of them, but if you want to be with them, wrong answer. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Uh, number seven, you'll feel clear with the direction your life is going in, even if you're not happy with the results, because the results don't discourage you from the direction that your life is going in. Does that make sense? Wait, I'll be um, clear, you said? You'll feel clear about the direction your life is going in, whether it's your oh. life purpose or stuff like that. Yeah. Like, you'll be like, yeah, this is what I'm doing, and you won't have to question yourself. And you'll be happy with the direction, even if you're not happy with your results. Okay. Because you'll be like, yeah, you'll be like, listen, I'm, I'm failing at what I'm doing, but what I'm doing is worth it. So you'll be happy with the thing that you consider worth doing because that's what your life is about. Make sense? Yeah. Yeah, and by the way, this list here is like like bullet points, tips to walk around with. So you're determined, you're able to determine, you know, how much you know yourself by looking at this and how would you answer these questions. That's one of the reasons why I give you the the, the tips, you know, the, uh, the, yeah. the the, the email, you know what I mean? So you can have it in your phone or something, whatever. Um, yeah, so the better you are, the more accurate you are, or the more closely you feel that this is who you are, that you're not these problems. You don't have these problems happening in your life. And as soon as you should be able to really, the best part is when you can see who people are. Mm. Um, that's when, because when you, cause when, you can, when you can see who people are, then you can see who can see you. So you heard that term, game, recognize game? You ever heard that? Yeah. This is what I'm talking about, but the, the game is life, and you can see everybody in life. <laughs> instead uh-huh. of instead of a player who saw a season of the player that never talked and never met, but they look at each other like, yeah, yo, you're a player, I'm a player, yo, fist bump, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, a professional athlete or, you know, whatever. So that's that. Uh, number eight of the ten, you're not easily swayed by other people's opinions, even though you're fully willing to accept their opinions as their opinions. Mm-hmm. They could disagree with you. They may have a different opinion of your life or of you. You give them permission to be who they, who they, how they feel and how they think about you, but you don't change you. You're not easily swayed by other people's opinions. Yeah. Because you know yourself too much, and they don't know you as well as you know you. And it's not ego. It's like a fundamental knowing of who you are. Mm-hmm. That's other Because you could be willing to change, willing to grow, willing to get contributed to, willing to be wrong, but you still know who you are. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Right. So number nine. People who know who they are can see that you know who you are 
and are attracted to you because of it. So what will end up happening is after this program, you'll know who you are so well that you won't even be interested in the women who don't know who they are, no matter how mm-hmm. fine and smoking hot they are. Yeah. You're going to be like, you're going to be like, you ain't ready for me. No, sorry, babe. <laughs> you just are. And you won't be dealing with them, with them, with them um, baby mental BS because you'll know yourself so well that you'll be able to see that she knows herself well. And then you, you'll both yeah. be like, you'll both be like, oh, damn, about time. Oof, glad that's over. And, and other similar thoughts and feelings. You'll be attracted to you'll be more attracted to people who know who they are because you know they'll be like you you'll you'll you'll, you'll have yeah. enough in, you know what I mean like that and then the last thing and i I kind of touched on this earlier, but the last thing is uh you can only really be happy in a romantic relationship with someone else who knows who they really are mm. Nobody could be happy in a relationship with somebody who don't know who they are. If you know who you are and you get in a relationship with somebody who don't know who they are, you're in trouble. Yeah. And people who don't know who they are, they get in relationships with people who don't know who they are, and what they just did was they ate poison, and the master didn't see them, and they don't know when they, why they're dying or why the relationship mm-hmm. is dying. No clue. Does that make sense? Yeah. Good. Now, I said all that because I want you to get, you know, I don't know how much you know yourself, um, but you're about to find out. All right. Because I'm going to tell you the five things that you need to know about yourself in order for you to recognize somebody who knows who they are so that you can be happy in a relationship for more than 20 years. Mm-hmm. Ready? Yeah. Okay. So there's five things you need to know. And each one of these things I'm going to explain to you. So the the five things you need to know is your highest aspirations for being in a relationship. That's the number one thing. Yeah. Uh, And I'll explain it. Your highest aspirations for your life, like your life purpose. Okay. Number three, number three, your must-have list. I'll explain what that is. Uh-huh. Number, number four is your love languages. You ever heard of that thing, the five love languages? No. Oh, okay, I'll explain it to you. It's going to mm-hmm. make a big, just that one alone is going to make a huge difference for you. And then and then number five, the principles your life is guided by. And yeah. I'll explain that to you. Okay, so, so first off, I'm going to explain to you the highest aspirations for being in a relationship. Okay. This this is the number one thing. If you don't do this, it don't matter what else is going on in your relationship, that's going to crash, bro, I promise you, man. And if you do this and you don't do nothing else right, it's still probably going to work. <laughs> it's just that mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. This is that thing. So um, when, I ref- when I say the highest aspirations for being in a relationship, it's like the life you want to live with somebody in your life living the same life. So I yeah. don't know if you noticed. I, I'm pretty sure you noticed. You probably haven't thought about it much, but I'm pretty sure you noticed that um, couples could be together 10, 15 years and then separating and get divorced. 
after all that time. Yeah. You've seen that before, right? Yeah. Do you, do you know why that happened? Um, you, no. You've heard him say it. What, is that, what have you heard people say about that kind of situation? Like the person changed? Well, yeah, that's, that's, that's one thing they say. Yep. What else? Um, different interests? Yep. Yep. They definitely say that. What else? Um, I guess I'm doing to find themselves. Okay. Yeah, I forgot. They, they say that once in a while, too. Those first two things are the main two things that they say. Yeah. That's good. You, you're smart. You're good. So this thing I'm about to talk about eliminates all three of those things. Mm-hmm. And so I'll, I'll tell you why in a minute. So your highest aspiration for being in a relationship, it turns out there's only five of them. And so what I mean by highest aspiration for being in a relationship is like the life you want to live with somebody else, your ideal relationship life, mm-hmm. not your ideal relationship partner. So okay. uh, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what each one of them are. I'll give you a couple of examples, and then we'll go back and forth, all right? Yeah. Take a look. Um, by the way, how's this going for you so far? It's going well. I'm liking, I'm liking how it's um, going so far. Okay, good. Great, great, great. Yeah, if it wasn't for MDI and the Sterling Men's Weekend, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know none of this stuff. Well, I almost none of this stuff. Anyhow, yeah. uh, <laughs> they didn't teach me this, but I, they uncovered me enough for me to be able to recognize it. So, anyhow, so turns out that we have one highest aspiration for our, our for being in a relationship, even though there's five choices. Like we're born with the one that we got, and. Um, you know, that's what it looks like to this point. I've been doing this program about three and a half years now. And, um, yeah. yeah, and the more I look at life, the more life verifies what I'm about to say. So it turns out that we have one of five different highest aspirations. I'll tell you what they are. Mm-hmm. It is either either a life of spiritual beliefs together, like a religious life, um, okay. a, life of, a, a life of adventure together, Mm-hmm. You know, like traveling around and having fun and exploring yeah. new things together, right? I hope that's their life, right? A, a life of parenthood and family. The uh-huh. number one thing, they want to be parents together. They want to be family together. Number four, making a difference together, whether it's, uh-huh. you know, being, you know, um, um, you know, whether it's being an entrepreneur or being, you know, a coach or being um, somebody that works at a homeless shelter or runs yeah, a non like charity right? work like that. Right. Making a difference together or yeah. being or being content together. Like we got our life together. I don't care what happens. As long as our life is together and we're happy, that's all I care uh, about. I don't care about that other stuff. Yeah. Those are the five highest aspirations that we're born with. We got one now. A person could be somebody who makes a difference, and part of making a difference is, is a life of adventure, <laughs> you know? Or somebody, oh, okay, could, yeah. right, or somebody could have content, contentment be their life, and, you know, part of it is, um, you know, making a difference somewhere is the way they want to make money, for example. So somebody who wants to be content could be an entrepreneur because they feel like they need to be able to take care of enough people so they can feel content with themselves, right? Yeah. 
So there's this one thing, and then there's the other things that support that one thing. So now, when you were saying um, the three things that, that, that people that have been married or together a long time say when they break up, which is uh, I need to find myself, the other person changed, or um, um, what was the third thing you said? What was the other thing you said? Um, they yeah, find themselves, the other person change, or um, different interests. Right. I believe, yeah. Right. All three of those happen because they don't know their highest aspiration for being in a relationship. Yeah. They drift apart because they live in separate lives because they didn't realize that they, didn't, they wasn't intending to live the same life from the beginning. Or... One day they wake up, one of them wakes up and says, oh, you don't want to live the same life as I do. Oh, damn. So as far as they're concerned, that person changed. They never changed. Yeah. It's just the first time they noticed it. Yeah. You know, or the, the other person who says, I, I need to find myself, they just realize that they don't know themselves and they realize their partner don't know themselves and they're not living the same life. Yeah. All of that is this thing right here. Make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. I see the connection. Yeah. So you want to, the, the number one thing you want to look for in a woman, besides the fact that she's cute and all of that stuff, right, yeah. is you want to have the same life you want. So you need to identify which, which one of these is yours. Okay. So what do you think? Um, I believe the third one was the one about a family, right? Yeah. And like um, but I know I have interest in like like um another one as well. Um, one in terms of um making a difference. Yeah. Yeah. So. So um, so the life that you want to live is making a difference, and um, and you want a woman. Do you want to be with a woman who also wants to make a difference, so y'all can make a difference together, right? Not necessarily. Um, I don't know if if we'll be together though. Well, no, that part. So so you know, it's possible to want to make a difference with somebody who wants to make a difference, or it's possible that you could say, "I want to make a difference. I want to be with somebody who makes a difference." But y'all make two different differences, and then you come together and share your lives about what y'all both did separately. Okay. Yeah. That that would that that sounds like what you would want. Yeah. Yeah, because I have a friend. Him and his wife been married for for 19 years. They've been together for 20 something years before they even got married. You know, a couple years before they got married, and they both yeah. they both committed to making a difference. But they make a difference in completely different areas, and then they come home and they share their lives together. And I've known them since 2000. Mm-hmm. 2000. Yeah, no, to 2000. And um, uh, they're some landmark grads. And uh, every once in a while, when I'm in the city. You know, they let me spend the night because, you know, transition. They just, they just, they got an open house. They just love that. They live in Harlem. Yeah. And, um, yeah, they live a separate life, you know. I mean, it's, they, they make a difference separately, but they love that, they love what the other one does. They just aren't interested or able to do it with them. Yeah. Okay. All right. Right. So he's, for example, he's a parole officer, probation officer. She can't do uh-huh. that with him. And she's an artist, and she likes to make money and sell and sell her jewelry and her African uh, uh, art and stuff like that and make money as an entrepreneur. Yeah. And help women feel beautiful and all of that stuff. 
So, and then then they come back together and they talk about their stuff, they share their experiences. Oh, you should have seen what happened with this woman here and blah, blah, blah. Whenever he could be around her, he comes around her at her shows and her events. And, you know, they're like, oh, your wife is so ha, 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 ha. And, you know, like, even though he's not partner with her, he's with her in heart and spirit. They're one, no matter what. They're one. And, you know, they do adventure. They travel around together and, you know, all of this stuff. But really, um, they're about making a difference. They just can't do it together, but they make it work together. Uh-huh. But if she was about parenthood and family and he was about making a difference, it wouldn't work. Okay. You know? So you think you are making a difference kind of guy? Um, yeah. But parenthood yeah. and family does like play like I would say the bigger I don't know, have um higher importance. So Yeah. Yeah, you, you definitely are you know how I know you're you're a difference maker kind of guy? Uh-huh. Like, because you couldn't handle being in that in that program if you were not. It would be like, what the hell am I doing? This don't make no sense. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Anybody doing personal development for more than a year, for more than six months, they're doing personal development, more than six months, they're about making a difference because that's the point of yeah. personal development so you can get better at making a difference. Yeah, that's true. Right? <laughs> Because anybody yeah. else, if they thought about making a difference, they'd be like, why are you trying to fix me? I'm nothing wrong with me. And then they go about doing something else. What's the point yeah. of this crap? But in personal development, it's like I could, get, I could make a more of a difference because I'd learn more stuff. Oh, come on, give me uh-huh. it. You know, like that. Make sense? Yeah. So you want to find a woman that um, wants to make a difference as well, her commitment is to be with a partner who wants to make a difference. So y'all live in the same life for the for the, have along y'all together. Number one thing. Make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Number two is similar, but not identical. So there are people who, um, so your, the second thing is your highest aspiration for your life, otherwise known as your life purpose. Yeah. Now, your life purpose is going to be in those same five categories, sometimes it's the same, sometimes it's different. So okay. I'll give you example I'll give you an example of what I mean. Do you remember do you ever remember watching the Cosby show? Yeah. So Heathcliff and Claire, their highest aspiration for being in a relationship is to be parents and family together. Uh uh-huh. clearly you can see that, right? Yeah. <laughs> right? But their highest aspiration for their own life, in addition to being for their relationship, was different. She wanted to be a great lawyer. She wanted that in college before they got married. He wanted to be a great doctor. He wanted that before he left college. He went to college so he could be a doctor. Yeah. So whether they, he, whether they ever got married or not, he was going to be a doctor, she was going to be a lawyer. Mm. But how do you want to be in the relationship was to be as parents? and family members. So sometimes your highest aspiration for your relationship and your highest aspiration for your life is the same thing. For me, it's the same. I'm a difference maker kind of guy, if you didn't figure that out by now. And uh, <laughs> I couldn't resist, man. And then um, and I, I, I know for a fact I cannot be with a woman that is not interested in that. 
I won't even have sex with her, bro. I need to find this out right away, personally. Yeah. Because I'm not wasting no time, man, because I don't I didn't waste the time. I don't I done done all that other stuff before, you know? So Yeah. Right. So anyhow, so that's that. So those are those two. By the way, do you do you know uh for your life purpose is is it also about making a difference? Yeah, it is. Yeah, I thought so. Just check it. <laughs> okay, so there's a third thing called the must have list. So your must have list, you're gonna create this as an assignment. Between now and the next class, next class, next session, all right? Yeah. So your must-have list is a checklist, but it's not a normal checklist. Women use checklists. Men don't care. We don't try to qualify women until things start getting serious. I yeah. often tell women, I often tell women, men just be having fun until you say, "So where's the relationship going?" <laughs> <laughs> as soon as they say, they're like, "Uh oh, wait a minute, who am I with?" Oh, right. We start now. Yeah. We start questioning her, right? <laughs> well, before that, everything was chill. Yeah. <laughs> you ever noticed that? Yeah. <laughs> you probably never said it, but you know you were thinking that, right? Mm. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. So the thing about um, a must-have list, women have what they call a, a, a functional checklist. These are these are qualities of character qualities that they want. Usually they don't even think about qualities of character. Usually what they think about is things that's gonna make them feel safe and secure. Uh-huh. So is he is he tall? Is he does he have money? You know, is he strong? Is he confident? You know, um 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 does he uh um you know, is there any chemistry between us? Like they're looking at things that's gonna make them happy, not things that's gonna make the relationship work. That's a checklist. Okay. Um, the next thing is a uh, red flag list. So that's like, uh-oh, if this shows up, i got to watch out for that. That's not good. i got to protect yeah. myself from that. So that's, that's a red flag list. That's like a stay away list. He's a, he, uh, he's a liar. He's, uh, um, you know, he's broke all the time. He's, uh, you know, uh, um, 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 he's a workaholic. Uh, he don't call enough. He don't talk enough. Like, those are red flags. Yeah. Right, and so they're looking for those because again, it's about safety and security for a woman, and we don't usually think about that until we've tried to get into long-term relationships and it didn't work. Then we might start noticing red flags, but we don't think much about red flags yeah. until they show up. That's not our concern as guys, generally. Um, and then there is a, um, uh, and so the must-have list is separate from a checklist. And it's separate from a um, uh, what the heck is a checklist, and then there's the uh, um, red flag list. Um, yeah, and then um, so so the must have list is this. The must have list is what act, what ways the relationship must go. It's not so much how she needs to be, even though it's part of it, but it's like how the relationship needs to go, based on the way you interact with her. Your inter- the quality of your interactions need to go a certain way. So let me give you an example of what I mean. All right. Um, so for me, I don't care if a woman is brave, frightened. I don't care. What I want is somebody that's never going to withhold from me. Because I know that withholding damages any kind of relationship. Matter of fact, damages pretty much all of them. The longer you don't say what's on your mind, 
the more you are likely to damage your relationship, whether it's sales or whatever. You've got to yeah. be able to say what's on your mind, speak freely. You, 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 you do notice that I do that, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, so that's the one thing. Another thing is I need a woman that she's, she's always a yes to vex. Like, I don't want to be, like, trying to persuade her. I want to touch her, look her in the eye. She's like, okay, let's go. You know what I mean? You know, I, I, you know, that's important for me. And and I'll tell you a little bit why in the next piece. Um, I need somebody that's uh, no low maintenance or no maintenance. Like, I don't need to be holding her hand and doing stuff to make it easy for her to live her life. She's like, you know, like most children are high maintenance. You got to do all kind of stuff for them, yeah. feed them, all their shoes, all this stuff, right? So some women, they need you to do all of this stuff for them to be operating. I, I want somebody to, they don't need me to do nothing. They, they, they like the simple, they live a simple life. They, they, mm-hmm. they functionally, they, op- they operate simply. You know, they don't need to sit in, if they want to sit in a beauty salon for two hours uh, every two weeks, okay. But maybe they know how to take care of their own hair, so they don't got to be doing that. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Uh, so that's that's one for me. I, I need somebody that's low maintenance or zero maintenance. They don't need me to take care of them for nothing because they're so good at taking care of themselves. Great. I'm no maintenance. You don't need to do nothing for me. I like it if you're going to cook. I like it if you're going to clean. But I don't need to do nothing for me. I'm good. You know, um, that's the second thing. Third thing is um, I'm kind of okay when it comes to being neat, but I'm very organized. Yeah. So I can't have somebody that's sloppier than me. Like I'm not always picking up behind myself, and I'm willing to meet somebody else's standards. If she's if she's neater than me, I you, you ever heard of, uh, you ever saw this uh, comedy show back in the day called the, the Odd Couple? Um, no. Yeah, there's a uh, Felix Unger and Oscar Madison. Felix um, Unger was was the most neat, nitpicking, detail oriented person you ever see. It's hilarious, and he got kicked out of his ho- wife's house. Um, and so he went to one of his best friends, whose name is Oscar Madison. Oscar Madison uh-huh. was the sloppiest pig you know. And these guys used to live together, and that was the show for about eight years, man. He was fucking hilarious, bro. Felix and Oscar. Felix uh-huh. Unger was the most neat, the most pain in the butt neat freak you ever seen. I could live with it. I could even live with a Felix Unger. I don't want to, but I could. I can't yeah. live with an Oscar Madison. I can't live with somebody that's sloppier than me because that's part of the high maintenance part. I'm not doing that. Yeah. That's, I don't want to do that. Make me get hired. I can, I'm not going to try to make you get hired. So, like, those are some of the things that I know about me that I need to have and need to go and need to work because if it don't, it's already – I already seen it that my relationships don't work. I'm, I'm unhappy yeah. just to work. And so uh, you need to know what works for you. And the best way for you to do that is to look at whatever relationships you had in the past, even if it was like, you know, short one time, you know, um, 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 one night affairs, you know, uh, or whatever. You want to look at what worked and what didn't, what always works and what never works. And then that's a part of, that's your must-have list. Yeah. So, so you know, while I'm saying this, I'm wondering if anything popped up for you that you must have or you must not have. Like can't have like not putting up. Yeah, Anything for me, else? um, is um the person can't be I guess like um heavily religious. Can't be heavily religious. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Got that. 
Well, um, if you're not heavily religious, they'll run away from you pretty quick anyhow, so you're good. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else? What else? Um, I guess, yeah, um, I guess can be um, messier than me. Yeah. Oh, same thing as I got, right? Yeah. Yeah. i tell you another one for me. You know, I don't really like to tell people this, but, I mean, I know it's true for me. I got to have mm-hmm. a woman that's, 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 that's at least as good-looking as my mother was. My mother was smoking hot, fine, pretty, classy, though, but she looked like, uh-huh. um, I don't know if you ever heard of this actress um, from the 60s and 70s and 80s. Her name was Diane Carroll. Okay. Uh, the, the, I might have heard the name, but I can't think of the place. Yeah, she was uh, in Dynasty and a couple other TV shows. She was the first black woman that had her own TV show. Yeah. It was awesome. She was a nurse. Um, I think I forget the name of the show. I think it, was, it wasn't Gloria, but I forget the name of the show. But she was, the, um, uh, you know, the star of the show. Yeah. And that was, that's the show that had, you know, you know who James Earl Jones is? I know the name as well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the first show that I remember him ever being on. That show made him a star because he was, you know, trying to get with Diane Carroll. Uh, but my uh-huh. mother looked at Diane Carroll. People used to think, oh, that's Diane Carroll. She looked like a movie star, you know? Yeah. So I can't be with a woman that's not, like, amazing looking. I already tried it, and it's just it just doesn't fulfill me, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um. So, like, you know, I don't like telling nobody that, but I know that I need to be like, <gasps> when I look at her, you know? Yeah. Um, that's important to me. So you want to make your must-have list, because if you don't make your must-have list, you're going to find some stuff that you must have that you didn't get. So you need to have that yeah. in your party. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You got to do that yeah. for you. We'll talk about it in the next session, because that's part of your homework assignment. And you'll get okay. that in, in, the, in the email. I'll, I'll remind you of it in the email, right? Yeah. All right. So that's number three. Number four is this thing called you, you got to know what your love languages are. So there's a guy named Gary Chapman. He's a religious relationship guy. And uh, over 30 years of counseling, he noticed that people who express themselves, express their love for, for the partner and expect their partner to express their love for them in certain ways. Mm-hmm. It's like five. So I'll tell you what they are. Um, and I want you to listen for which ones are yours, okay? Okay. So the five love languages are touch, which could be public displays of affection. It could be sex. It could be, you know, just standing next to each other at a party or something, but it's like touch is yeah. important. Um, acts of service means I do stuff for you all the time. I'll fix your car. I'll clean the toilet. Uh, you know, whatever. Uh-huh. Carry I'll do the shop for you, whatever. Acts of service. Uh, another one is words of affirmation. Like, you got to be in communication. Yeah. I love talking. i got to talk with you. Um, on the fourth one is time spent, quality time together. Mm-hmm. I don't care what we do as long as we're together. Um, yeah, so, like, if you don't spend enough time with me, you must not care about me. Otherwise, you spend more time with me, kind of like that. And then gifts. Yeah. Gifts, which is, you know, money, um, 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 products, whatever, but gifts. Um, you know, people that like to either give money or get money 
as an expression of their love. And people who yeah. don't like gifts, if people who don't like gifts think that people whose love language and gifts are shallow. But no, that's their love language. Sorry, they were born that way. Don't make them wrong. Just leave them alone. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Like um, I heard I heard this list before from um, one of I guess like the business um me me and I was in in the past. Okay. I don't think they called it um the love. I think they called it something else though. But yeah, like uh, well, I, as I heard it, like I heard it before. Yeah, this guy. If you if you you know YouTube him, Gary Chapman or the Five Love Languages, you'll hear him say it better than what I'm saying. But you need to know yeah. this about. It's too important because if you somebody that likes touch and words of affirmation, if your partner ain't touching you enough and you ain't getting enough sex, you're going to start feeling like they don't care about you. Uh -huh. If they don't talk to you enough, you're going to be like, damn, they don't care about you. But maybe they don't talk because they'd rather have time spent in acts of service. Yeah. So you got to so how you know how you know what somebody's love language is is by how they, they try to give you their love. Because mm -hmm. the way they try to give you their love is the what they want in return. Okay. So, let me... <laughs> I'm about to say something I never thought before, but this is heavy. So, I'm a words of affirmation guy first. Yeah. I just really got this right now. So, when people don't let me talk... It's kind of like in the background, they don't love me because they're not letting me express myself verbally. Yeah. I just got this just now, man. So when, you know, Dante shuts me down, uh -huh. it's like my girlfriend is telling me I don't feel like talking to you. Yeah. I just got that. <laughs> wow. That's one of the reasons why I like uh -oh, coaching. Yeah. I learn something when I'm coaching. You can see that now, right? Yeah. Yeah, like you don't love me or something. You don't. You don't respect me. You don't like. That's my. That's my number one love language. Words of affirmation, communication. I got to figure out how to deal with this now because apparently that ain't his, and it, and that's not the point of the program. How do I manage that? I don't know. I got to work on that one. I, I just yeah. got this one. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So so when you see what people do to take care of each other. You know, that's a big deal. So, like, Kamor is an acts of service kind of guy. He's always doing stuff for somebody. Uh-huh. You know? Um, uh, you know, I, I, I also think he's a, a words of affirmation, acts of service kind of guy. I think I think touch is third for him. But uh, yeah. It, but it's those three, those three for sure. He don't care about time spent. Gifts is nice and that thing, but... Uh, acts of service is a big deal for him because he's always, you know, the very fact that he wants to put the men together, got a men's team, and he's doing that stuff is words of affirmation and acts of service. Yeah. He's trying to take care of the men, you know? So yeah. you want to know what yours are based on what you're hearing, what you think yours is? Um, for me, words of affirmation. Yeah. Um, explain the touch one again. Touch is, uh, it could be um, affection, like, Touching you is like I love you like that, or it could be um, hugs, it could be sex, it could be proving to other people out in public that they love you, or they want yeah. you, they want you to hug her in public so everybody can see that you love her, okay. right? That she's special to you. So that would be touch. Touch is like 
constant physical contact in various forms. Yeah. That would be touch. All right. Yeah, so be words of affirmation. Yeah. I would say time spent, and I'm, I'm not sure about where touch um, lies for me. Okay. Well, at least if you know those first two, here's, yeah. here's, how you know, here's how you know if you're with somebody and you are a match. You don't notice that you're not a match. Because <laughs> y'all do the same yeah. thing. You got the same love languages, right? So it's like you don't even notice. You're you just happy to be with each other. When I was with my high school sweetheart, it was words of affirmation for the both of us, touch mm-hmm. for the both of us. So we never even noticed that it was anything different. We hold hands in public. You know, we talk all the time. You know, it was yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah. I would do stuff for her once in a while. She'd do something for me once in a while. It was, like, awesome. Yeah. We didn't even notice. We didn't even – we had no – in our interactions, in, in our romantic inter- interactions, there was no difference. We was we was as one. Okay. And so that worked. The big time worked. I, 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 of course, I didn't know back then what love language were. I just was this, – this relationship easy and loving. That's what I know. So yeah. – <laughs> um, but now, here's the thing. If you, you come across somebody who does have separate love languages, you got to start noticing how they try to give something to you and then give that back to them at least once in a while. You know, like for me, acts of service is cute and everything, but, like, I like it. I don't need it. But I like it. Yeah. And if I see somebody that acts of service is important to them, I will give them acts of service because I know it's important to them. Yeah. It's just not important to me, but I want to give them what they need and what they want, so I will be happy to do that. I'll even do time spent sometimes. Gifts is a little tough on me, you know. Um, yeah. It's a little tough. Like it's, I got to really think about that one. But I don't want to be with somebody that gifts is the game because that's just not my love language, you know. Yeah. So I could I could take care of somebody in there. It's kind of like forced. So anyhow. Um. So, yeah, so you should look into that. I'll make a note of that in the uh, email. Maybe I'll put a couple okay. of links in it. I'm thinking maybe I'll put some links in there. I'll always think. Um, you said the guy's name is Gary Chapman? Chap. C-H-A-P. Okay. C-H-A-P. Yeah, Chapman. All right. Like Chapstick, Chap Lips? Yeah, Chap. Yeah. Okay, cool. And then um, the last of the five things that you need to know for yourself, about yourself, in order for you to be able to recognize somebody and choose to write somebody, mm-hmm. is you got to know the principles that you live your life by. Yeah. And so the principles that you live your life by are fundamental words that you find in a dictionary, like acceptance, sacrifice, freedom, happiness, willingness, admiration, empathy, love. So you need to know what principles guide your life because if you don't, you won't be living your life based on the principles and you won't be making decisions that are true to you. Yeah. So you need to know what principles are most connected to you. So um, I have a list of 15, 30, 45... 55, 57 principles, no, no, 57, no, 55, 65, 75, 77 principles mm. that um, that you can look for to see 
if any of these or which one of these um, is something that is, um, how can I say, expresses your life fully. Okay. So for me, I will tell you that I've got about 10. Love, generosity, curiosity, um, um, accuracy, clarity, workability, um, um, responsibility, wisdom. These are principles that I live my life by. Yeah. I use them as my measuring stick to determine whether or not I'm being those things. I'm using them as my quality control tools. Yeah. And so when you know who you are, you use these to be an expression of who you are, to be as true to yourself. So, for example, if you say to yourself that if you see for yourself you're connected to uh, love, mm-hmm. one of the things you would be doing is, okay, am I being loving now or how can I be loving now? And then let love take over. Yeah. You know, so, you know, you could say, you know, who you are is optimism. You're optimistic. So, you know, mm-hmm. you, can come, you can come from what, who, what, what, what would optimism be doing right now? Or if I was being optimistic, how would I be being right now? Courage, determination, kindness, yeah. all of those things, right? So mm-hmm. that's how you know that you know yourself because you know that you live your life by these principles. And you're committed to living your life by these principles. It's not just that you live in your life by these principles. Yeah. And then, um, so, yeah, you need to know this for yourself because when you, these, this is who people really are, these principles. Yeah. Sacrifice, self-expression, sharing, trust, understanding, compassion, all of these things. And this is all the stuff on my list. So you're going to get this, and I'm inviting you to pick out your top, yeah, no, somewhere between will. Your top, excuse me? Oh, no, so definitely will. Yeah, your top five, between five and ten. Okay. And if more than ten calls you, write them down and then look at them over the course of a week and see, oh, yeah, this yes. one more than that. Put them in order. Okay. All right? Yeah. And then also, I have a list of principles that are uh, the opposite of supporting love. So, you know, I've got a list of, uh, of uh, fury, gossip, defensiveness, impatience, stinginess. So I have this here so that you can see these things in other people too. Okay. Because when you can see these things on your list, you can see these things in other people, you know who they are. Because they're going to operate yeah. true to it. Because I'm telling you to consciously say, what would love do now? Or what would you be doing if you was being loving? But you do mm. that anyhow. You just don't know you're doing it. You do it unconsciously. Oh, that's what okay. makes, because that's what makes your decision. Yeah. If you think about it, right? Okay, yeah. You know, something happens, you'd be like, well, what should I do about this? And you think about who you are and what you're committed to, and all of a sudden you start taking actions and speaking, saying things that is true to that, that's, commit, that's consistent with that. Yeah. 
you're unconsciously choosing the principles that you live your life by. And now you get a chance to consciously choose it. Yeah. And when you do that, you'll be able to start seeing other people doing that. The people who are conscious and the people who are not conscious. You'll be able to see the principles that they live their life by. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad that you like it. I can hear it. You're like, damn, that was good. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. You need to know this about yourself, man. If you don't know this about yourself, the odds of you picking somebody that's, that's, that's perfect for you or great for you is slim, bro. The less you know this stuff, the less chances of you being happy <laughs> and get what you want. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Because you might be coming from uh, doubt as a negative mm-hmm. mindset, but you're thinking what you want is optimism. So yeah. you'll make doubtful you'll make doubtful decisions or decisions based on doubt when really what you're trying to do, what you really want, is optimism. Yeah. You don't even know that you, you want optimism because you're so connected to the doubt that the doubt is dominating you and you don't know that you don't really want doubt, you really want optimism. Okay. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah. So when you know who you are it's easy for you to be true to who you are. It's easy for you to see people because you see them doing the same damn thing you're doing or the opposite of what you're doing. But in either case, you're seeing what they're doing. Mm. And particularly when you're dating. And now, I want to say something else that I don't normally say in this program, but I'm going to say it right now because it comes to mind I think you can use it. Yeah. So, um, when people don't know what to do, it's almost impossible to, for them for them to act like they have to, to operate with confidence. It's almost impossible mm-hmm. because they don't know how to keep from getting in trouble or having a problem or failing or crashing or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. They don't know enough to be able to protect themselves, so they can't really they can't really be confident. Mm. It's like trying to drive a car before you learn how to drive a car. You can act confident all you want, but your heart's going to be racing like it's going to jump yeah. out of your chest. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, if you stand in a Yankee stadium in the middle of the third third inning and this guy throws an inside pitch at 92 miles an hour, it's going to scare the crap out of you unless you know how to hit a 92-mile-per-hour inside pitch. Yeah. So if you don't know these things about you, you're going to be so uptight and worried about you, you won't be able to be calm enough to see what they're doing and see who everybody else is. Mm. That's one of the reasons why players are so good at playing is because they're so confident that they ain't thinking about them. They're just watching the girl. Yeah. And the girl's over there wondering about herself, so she ain't seeing how he's being, and so he's in control. Yeah. Because he ain't worried about him. He know him. <laughs> He's trying to figure her out. She's trying to figure her yeah. out. So they both having fun trying to figure her out. Well, somebody's having fun trying to figure her out. I don't know about her. So the more you know you, the more you can see who people are, the more confident you're going to be, my brother. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Good. Do we have about a uh, few more minutes left? All right. Um, 
session two, the, the 10 things you need to do to recognize, in addition to what we covered, uh, to be able to choose a partner wisely. It's a short list. Yes. You don't need a lot. You probably have more things besides this, but you want to pay attention to this list. You ready? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you're going to get this list. So um, it's a 10-point list, very short, 10. The first one is a unified purpose. You need to see that, that you and her have the same purpose to be in a relationship. Yeah. Unified purpose, first thing. Second thing, you and your partner both know yourselves completely. Mm-hmm. You need to know that. Third, life is far better with this woman in your life than without her. Yeah. That's rare, but you got to look for that. Don't settle for less, okay. bro. Okay, don't settle for less. Yeah. The next, the next three things are qualities of character, principles. So you want somebody that's forgiving, generous, and loving. Number four is gen- forgiveness, forgiving, generous, and loving. Yeah. Those are qualities you, you need to have in her because if she's missing one of those three things, it's a good chance it's gonna be a, that's enough of a problem. Those three, those three qualities you gotta have in there, man. Yeah. Uh, number seven is having the same love languages. We just talked about the love languages, right? Mm-hmm. Right? Touch, touch, actual service, right? You need yeah. to make sure you don't have the same one because if you don't, then you got to struggle at times to make the relationship work. Oh, okay, yeah. Right? So she wants actual so service. So just knowing it is not enough? That's right. Like like being the same is more ideal. Yeah. Right. You got to give them... The, the language, you got to speak their love language and let them give you, let them express themselves through theirs. Yeah. You know, so for me, being with somebody who's not words of affirmation slash touch, it's going to be a problem for me. It's going to be a problem for her too. I already know that because it's like I could make it work for a little while, but not for the rest of my life. I'm not willing, I ain't going that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you got to have the same love languages. Now, you could also have it this way. So, so, like, if words of affirmation is first for you and mm-hmm. then um, acts of service is second for you, but you have a, but your woman acts of service is first and touch is second, I mean, words of affirmation is second? Yeah. That's fine, too. That works, too. Okay. What usually happens is a couple will have one love language where they're the same and the others are not. So, for example, okay. I've seen couples where the, their uh, second love language is touch, so they meet there, but then their first love language and their third love language is not the same, and so they only get along in the bed. Yeah. That's not That's not enough. That's good. It's not enough. Make sense? Okay. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, good, good, good. All right, next, um, number eight on your list. Great sex. I don't think I need to say much more about that, but you can't mm-hmm. be settling for wacky sex, though. Yeah. Um, number nine is you treat each other like family. What that means is, like, you know, you can't divorce your mom, right? You can't divorce your dad. Yeah. <laughs> Even when they're dead, they're still your dad and mom, right? It's like, yeah. there's no getting away from them. You can leave them, but there's no real getting away from them. And so you want to be in your relationship with somebody the same way. Like, 
not like they're your mother or father, but you love them and you're connected to them like they're permanently yours. You want to be with somebody that you feel that way about them and they feel that way about you. Yeah. Because no matter how much you get mad at your mom and dad, you still love them some, if not completely, you know, depending on your relationship with them yeah. growing up. I mean, so you want to treat each other like family. That's number nine. And number 10 is you want to be in partnership with each other, where you're collaborating with each other, where you're doing stuff together, you're working together, you're creating your life together. It's not like one person is yeah. doing something else. Now, you're okay. going to be really you're going to have relatedness. You know, you're going to talk and have fun, but you also want to be building together. Whether it's, you know, building a great house to be a place where you could have people come over and make a difference or something, but y'all are like partners in crime, so to speak. Yeah. Okay. Right? So, you know, in whatever way works for the both of you that that, that fits your ideal, you don't want to be doing yeah. this separate. You want to be doing this together because the relationships are way more than just sex and dating. It's, mm. you know, it's like, it's like business-wise. It's like you got to handle the finances. You, you got property. You know, your, your name is on the, on the car and on the house and, you know, all that stuff. You take loans out. Yeah. So you're like you're building, you're building a, a more than – a marriage is a, is a relationship slash business. We're going to talk about that more next session. Okay. But um, so that's, that's what's up. So um, we are complete for session one. Okay. So any, any feedback, anything you want to say about what you got, what you heard, what you're thinking, you know? Yeah. I like how the session on came out. I, I got a lot from it, but, like, right now I really have to, like, I guess, like, kind of, be, I guess I like find like like complete like I guess like the the assignment I guess how to say it how to say it yeah and yeah, that, that yeah. would really help help me pinpoint where I'm at at this point right yeah so yeah. you're gonna be uh, you're gonna be doing uh, identifying the principles you live your life by and you're gonna be uh, identifying your must have list yeah those two things you want to figure out because the other stuff is fairly easy to figure out but those two things you need to figure out. And and if you notice, I know it took a while to say this stuff, but it only took one day to say this stuff. You know, this is not like you need to live the next 30 years to figure out who you are. Yeah, that's true. You know, it's like these are the things you need to know about in order for you to be – in order for you to know yourself well enough to choose the right partner. Yeah. Because you're looking for these same things in them. Now, they won't know this program. But they'll know themselves. Yeah. And when people know themselves, they're mature enough to be willing to grow. And they're mature enough to be willing to evolve. And they could, mm. they're mature enough to let you make a difference with them. So, you know, when I looked at, you know, relationships over all of the years that I've been looking at them before I even knew about coaching, what I've noticed is that the people that's been married for 30, 40 years, they mm-hmm. actually know this stuff. They just can't teach it because they, they never thought of it enough to pull it out of their head to write it down and tell somebody else. Yeah. They know this stuff. They just, if I told them that, they would say, oh, no, nah, we don't do that. I don't know what you're talking about. And then later on, they'd be like, oh, damn, he's right. <laughs> because they won't say it this way. 
but they're living this. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, so that's session one. This is the most important thing. If you, Even if you stopped right here, if I didn't tell you nothing else, you you wouldn't be able to break down and, and, and resolve the problems that's going to be, that I'm going to talk about later, but you yeah. would be able to choose the right partner and be happy. You definitely yeah. would be after this. You know what I mean? Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's uh, session one of Happily Ever After, my brother. All right. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, any feedback, you know, anything you want to say about, like, how my delivery was or something? You know, anything you want me to ask you more questions? You know, I talk too much. You want me to get a simple? I don't know. I mean, anything you would make as a suggestion or an adjustment, I'm open. Um, the only thing, like, I want to know is, like, at a point, like, I, I could tell that you was, like, um, like reading straight from something. Yeah. Yeah, but that was, like, I guess, like, like towards the start. Oh, like, yeah. like, like, it seemed, like, very obvious. But yeah, I yeah, not yeah. about that, though. Okay. Well, yeah, and, you know, there's parts that I got to read because yeah, I don't want to freestyle. You know, I want to, like, I want to be like, okay, let me make sure I, I'm, I'm consistent with what I'm saying because I don't want to forget nothing. And then yeah. once, you know, once we start having the conversations, it's like, you know, then I can figure out how to personalize it for you specifically. Yeah. Right? Yeah, so, see that. Yeah, it's going to go like that all every session. So, you know, please, you know, forgive That's me okay. for I'm just telling you, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, all right, anything else? Um, no, that was it. All right, cool, man. I'm glad that you were happy with, you know, the way this went. Um, yeah. Last thing, last thing I'm going to say is about that uh, first thing when the, when the recording comes on, two things. Mm-hmm. Until you hear that recording, until you hear that thing says, talk show recorded live, until you hear that, we're not recorded yet. Okay. I don't okay. record until I don't hit record until I tell you I'm about to. Yeah. That's All the right, first that's, thing. That's yeah. All right. The second thing is um, I want to tell you where they came up with the idea to say it that way, where they came up with this idea of talk shoot. Uh. So um, my first thought when they did that, I thought that they was uh, copying, there was a comedy show in the 60s called Get Smart. Uh-huh. It was a um, it was a comedy that was imitating James Bond and other secret agents. So yeah. it was a secret agent show, but it was a comedy by this goofy guy named Maxwell Smart. Uh-huh. And you should Google it, man. Uh, uh, Get Smart. That stuff was hilarious, man. He did some of the stupidest stuff. Just crazy. Um, you know, in the 60s, right? I think he was on show for like yeah. six, seven Whatever. Anyhow, whatever. So um, he, Maxwell Smart, had a, uh, a shoe phone in the 60s before there was cell phones, before there was beepers. Yeah. He, had, he had a shoe that had an antenna that he could talk through. That was his telephone to talk to headquarters. Yeah. So when I saw this thing said talk shoe, I thought they was uh-huh. imitating his shoe uh for fun. That was crazy, right? So then one day yeah. I, 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 I was floating around TalkShoe website, and they uh, told me the real, re- the real reason why they chose to call it TalkShoe. So you ever heard of this show called The Ed Sullivan Show? I heard of the show, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen it. Yeah, well, it, was, it stopped in the late 80s, I think. It was mid-80s. They stopped the Ed Sullivan okay. Show. But for, but for like 20-something years, he was the number one wow. show on television. 
number one show. Yeah. He had the Supremes, the Temptations, he, and it was at 8 o'clock at night. He had the best comedians. He had Bill Cosby. He had, you know, D, Martin, Jerry Martin, uh, Jerry Lewis and Dean Martin. He had the best of everybody on his show. That's why everybody stopped from 8 to 9 o'clock. Nobody watched nothing but his show, bro, I'm telling you. He owned yeah. television, right? But he had a funny way of talking. He had this weird way of talking. So he would say, oh, uh, and he, was, he looked very awkward. He was so awkward looking. I couldn't believe he was even on television, man. This guy was the <laughs> least, this guy was the least star-like looking guy you ever going to see on television. Ed Sullivan show. Yeah. And um, it's Sunday nights, and he would say, "Okay, thank you very much. Uh, we got to have a really big shoe tonight." He never says show. He said, "We got to have a really wow. big shoe tonight." Yeah. He said that, and that was part of his. His stick, that was part of his, his uh, brand. He didn't know how to say, yeah. he didn't have to, I don't know why he couldn't say show, but he couldn't say show. He would say, we're going to have a really big shoe tonight. And he was real, he looked like a nervous Nelly, but he owned the yeah. stage, he owned television. It was great. He had the best stars. The Jackson 5 did that major te- television debut on his show because of the Supremes, Diana Ross and the Supremes. You know who they yeah. are, right? Yeah, I yeah. love them. Yeah. The Jackson 5 made their television debut on the Ed Sullivan show. <laughs> Can't beat that, bro. But, yeah, so this, show, this, this program, Talk Shoe, they're imitating Ed Sullivan. <laughs> mm-hmm. When I hear them say, Talk Shoe, recorded live, I can't stop laughing because, I, you know, I lived all of those moments, man, and it's just funny. So I, I just wanted to make sure you knew that. It's not important, but yeah. I wanted to share it with you anyhow, man, so. <laughs> so that's it, man. Um, you right. can do next Friday, or unless you want to change. I'll, I'm going to figure it. Let's do Friday hey, nights. Yeah. I said I'm going to be doing Friday nights with you, unless you tell me otherwise. You know, Thursday yeah. night or something like that. All right. Yeah, that's like a, for some reason I'm working like um like a night shift um at work. I'll let you know. Cool, 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 cool. All right, my brother. This is a pleasure. Thank you, and uh, be talking to you soon. All right, man. All right, speak to you yeah. later. All right, man. Thanks. All right. Yeah. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.